Welcome to the Christian Adoption Coaching Podcast, where couples come for the guidance and tools to build a family through adoption while receiving the continued support and education after finalization. All of this is anchored in the truth, beauty, and goodness of our faith. With the adoption coaches Stacy Sanger and Shannon Slattery as your host, you will learn how to gain the confidence, tools, and clarity you will need as you build your family through adoption and strengthen it through all the aspects of your lives because together we make a family. Adoption Coaching. And I'm Stacy. And today we are super, super excited. We have a birth mom with us. Her name is Emily. And um, we just wanted to, we're so excited. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, we're beyond excited. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is, a, she's our first interview. Um, so forgive us if we're like super, super excited. <laughs> and a little silly. And a little silly because that's, that's us. Yes. All right, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Emily? Well, how far back do you want me to go? You go where you want to go. Um, I will start with I am married. Um, we just had our 10-year anniversary. Congrats. And thank you. And we have three kids. I've got Izzy, who is nine, and Benny, who is six. And Millie Moo is, well, just Millie. But um, she's 19 months as of the 31st of October. And that's my life. I, I'm busy. We homeschool. We I have them 24-7. And I just eat, live, eat, and breathe my kids. That's awesome. Super that fun. Yes. And my husband, at, when I became a stay-at-home mom, we only had three at home at the time, even though we have five total. Um, the others were in school, and he's like, why is the house not clean? I'm like, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> why don't you stay home, and I'll go to work, and you and tell me. I'm afraid what my house is going to look like when I get home exactly. with my husband there. With He does a good job, God bless him, but it'll be interesting to hear the stories that they tell me when I get home. I just figure as long as they're alive, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's his job. Exactly. He does <laughs> yeah. a good job. I love that. All right. But other than that, let's see, I am obsessed with true crime podcasts. I, let's see, I walk, I love to go for long walks she with my dogs. She walks all the time. We actually have just met, and yet I follow her on Facebook. I'm a stalker, and <laughs> yeah, no, not really. we're okay. friends, um, and, and she walks, she, I walk because you walk. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's, so it's, that's awesome. it's kind of a great stress reliever. And I usually take, sometimes I'll just take my kids and there's a little track around where they can play and get my miles. And I try to get something every day just because it just feels good to get outside. Mm-hmm. So, that's great. That's yeah. impressive. My mom walks like five miles a day. And that's I what I try to do. I'm like, I need to walk and drink. Water. <laughs> Water. <laughs> that's that's like, what do you see? That's fine. I'm, I'm down with that too. <laughs> Water. You, you like to drink. I do. Yeah, see? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, that's, that's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm embarrassed now. Um, be open. Be honest. It's all good. Um, and this is just lemonade. <laughs> just lemonade. <laughs> yeah, she bought it for me. Okay. Well, the reason why we're here is we want to hear about your adoption story. Okay, and that starts 
in 2000, like, well, yeah, summer of 2000. I just graduated high school. Um, I was already living on my own. I actually moved out because my mom um, decided to move my senior year, and I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to. And she just, I mean, it was just from Great Bend to Ellenwood, which if anybody is from Kansas and knows, it's not that far. It's like five, six miles. But my grandfather, my step-grandpa had a apartment above his house. So I just kind of moved in there and had a lot of freedom. <laughs> and uh, I'd never really had a lot of boyfriends. I was always, I had a lot of friends. I was you know, I had a good high school. I had no complaints about high school. I had a lot of friends, and I had was nominated for homecoming, and I was in band, and, you know, those things don't usually coincide, band and homecoming. I don't know what it is like now, but we, you know, I had nothing, no complaints. Um, my family was blended. I kind of told you guys about that, too. Um, my dad and my mom had been divorced since I was in first grade, I think, or close to that. And we were back and forth all the time. And that kind of played into what happened with me too when I made my decision later on. But um, let's see, we, I met the birth father and at the end of my senior year, I'd just actually broken up with my boyfriend, my very first real boyfriend that I'd had for like eight or nine months. And um, the, he and I really got along and I, it was like stars in my eyes and fireworks and, you know, like one of those things, like romance novels. Like, it's funny to think about it now, but I really was head over heels. And I thought he was too. And I do think he liked me and... We were both young, um, and I found out I was pregnant, I believe, August or September, and hit it. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell my dad. I didn't tell my siblings. A few of my best friends knew, but since I was already on my own, I could just wear baggy clothes, and one of my best friends, um, Janae, she um, kind of, like, what are you going to do after a few months of me just not doing anything about it? I wasn't going to the doctor. I was taking vitamins. I did have a friend that worked at the pharmacy, and I was so scared of somebody finding out. She would buy them while she was at work and bring them to me when she got off. And I did try to eat well. I quit smoking. I quit drinking at the time because, yes, I partied. I wasn't the best role model at the time, but um, I did do quit doing all the bad stuff but I did not tell my mom I think till I was like seven and a half eight months pregnant mm -hmm. and at that time um, I'd been going to Catholic charities or Catholic social services I can't really remember I think her name was Patty she was an angel like she was probably a saint sit here on earth for me because and I don't even know um, if she was Catholic I don't know how she got the job but it was like this little strip mall my friend Janae had actually told me, you know, I found this, you know, gal through church. And being in Catholic, you know, I went to Catholic grade school and everything, and I knew I, that's the way I was going to go anyway, because I knew I couldn't have the baby, and I just, but I didn't know what to go, how to go about it. So I found her, and through my friend Janae, she went with me for the first couple meetings, 
birth father really had, I mean, he didn't, he was scared too. He didn't want anybody to find out. His dad actually at the time was running for county sheriff. His dad got county sheriff. So that was another aspect of it. We were trying to keep things quiet. And, and the reason I didn't tell my mom too, or my dad, my dad and I have never really had the closest of relationships. And in fact, I had, don't think I've actually talked to him in almost four years now. Yeah. But um, my mom and I were super close, but she was going through some stuff too. She, her second divorce, and that's kind of why she moved. I didn't want to put something more on her. And so what I did, I found Catholic Charities, Social Services. They asked me, what do you want? What's your plan? What do you, and I said, well, I'd like to do adoption. I said, I want to be involved. I'd like to know how he's doing, you know, the baby's doing and all of that stuff. And she's like, well, who's your doctor? And I was like, I don't have one. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's the first thing we should probably do. Because she asked me my due date and everything. I was like, I don't really know. And thankfully, we got, found a doctor. And I actually decided to get out of Great Bend because I didn't, we didn't want anybody to find out. And so we went to Hayes. And the lady that did my very first sonogram, funnily enough, she went to high school with one of my aunts. So she was like, if you need anything, if you need a place to stay for a while, if you need anything at all, we would love to help you. And um, that's in what we actually ended up doing. She lived in Victoria. So I ended up staying there for the last almost two months, probably, of my pregnancy and made my doctor's appointments, everything, he was healthy, everything was great, and we just waited, and he got here, and I can still remember the day like it was yesterday, I remember how much he weighed, I remembered how, like, how it went, because it just snowed, and we had trouble getting to the hospital, my mom was still in Great Bend, or Ellenwood at the time, and I had to call her, and I was too chicken to call my doctor, so she called <laughs> the doctor for me and was Tell like, yeah, and she was like, well, I don't, my mom's only ever had C-sections, so that was another funny part because she had no idea what to expect, right. and they just told me, you know, at the time, if you are okay and you don't feel like you need to push or anything, just wait, and I did all the laboring at home, and then I finally got um, the family that I was staying with. Since it had just snowed, they'd had a snow day. <laughs> so they ended up taking me because I was, it was time. And I got to the hospital at 3.30 and walked in, carried my bag. I was all by myself, and I got in there, and they're asking me how I was feeling, and here's a gown, here's a sample cup. We need you to, you know, we need a urine sample. I was like, okay, I'll go try, but I don't think that's what's coming out at this point. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom and put my gown on, and, <laughs> and I said, I can't go to the bathroom. I, um, this is me and my little 19-year-old self who had never experienced anything like this. I was just like, I got other stuff coming out, but pee's not one of them. So um, they was like, well, let's check in, see how far you are. I was at a, dilated already to a nine. So they were like, oh, my God. Like, everybody just started running at that point. The doctor barely got there. He was, I got there at 4, no, got there at 3.30, and he was out at 4.22. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. So, and he was 8 pounds, 14 ounces, 21 inches long. Mm -hmm. 
and had the most like beautiful head of hair like it was like this one it just stuck out all over his head and I just kept worrying about him because he didn't make really a peep he was just kind of chill just kind of looked around like hey I'm here what's up <laughs> and um I'd already found Sandra and Carl. I actually still have their their book or their letter that they wrote. Oh my gosh. And that's them and they had that's their awesome. letter and it's still kind of crazy. All I've got all kinds of things that I kept. But um yeah, and I'd found them like shortly like maybe a week or two before and they came to the hospital. And met. We had to stay for three days because I did lose quite a bit of blood, I guess. And I was almost, they wanted to keep me for four days. I was like, no, I'm going home. <laughs> but I had to keep, I had to keep Raiden with me for almost, yeah, it was a full week. I had him on Monday and I didn't take him to Sandra and Carl till Friday. And that was all because paperwork and signing and the birth father couldn't get to where I was at Hayes. Because he was still in his last year of high school. And he had all kinds of other stuff going on. Plus, I just don't think he really wanted, right. you know, it was, it was hard. I don't think he faced really what was going on for a long time. But um, I don't know. That's just my take on it all. But we did ended up going back to Barton County, Great Bend, and had, I remember the judge too, Helenor Kitts, and had to sign everything. And she said, now you have, like, once you sign this, that's, you know, that's mm -hmm. it. And she's, but I'd already made my decision. I knew it was going to be super hard, but that's what I, I knew I needed that for my baby because I didn't want drama. I didn't want to have a split family. I didn't want, I wanted him to have a mom and a dad and stable life and to have everything that I knew at that time I couldn't do. I hadn't even finished college because I'd gotten so sick in my pregnancy. I had to drop I made one semester, I think, but I did. I threw, I was sick all the time, mm -hmm. but I didn't complain. I didn't, I just told everybody, well, I'm all right, but I won't be there this morning. <laughs> I won't be around. Couldn't tell anybody why, but managed to pull myself together. I didn't lose my job or anything, so. That's impressive. That is very impressive. Very impressive. But yeah, then, you know, like we had... I had him for that week. We had to scramble to try to find a car seat and diapers and clothes and all of that because I kind of assumed at the time that we would, I would have the baby and he would be placed, you know, the, the day, either the day that I had him or he would go home and, or when I did or, you know, I didn't know how that was all going to be, but yeah, it was really hard though. Um, did you meet them through Catholic Charities? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, their name actually came to me from the doctor I got in Hayes. Okay. She said, it's one of my brother's best friends, and I heard that you were doing adoption, and she said, I don't want to pressure you. I don't want this to be weird, but this is a really great couple. And it was there when I found got their letter. It was like what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I, it was kind of like what I thought the birth father would be when he grew up. Like if we had, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what was funny is, and I, that it just clicked. And I wasn't like a super religious person. You know, I grew up and I had to go to, went to Catholic grade school and all of that. I've gone to church every weekend. I take my kids to church now, but I've never 
you know, like really believed, believed until I was in the situation I was in because I don't know if you've been to the cathedral that's in Victoria. Um, I was just down the street from where I was. I'd walk down there every day and I'd go sit in there and I'd pray and I said rosaries all the time because that's what my mom and my grandmother had told me. You know, my grandma passed away, I think, in 1996, but that was one of the big things that she always, you know, say your rosary, do this, and go to church, and, you know, and I always just did it because I was told to. But when I went through all of this, it was just like building blocks, like, okay, you have a best friend that had second grade. That was my best friend that we met at Catholic school Mm -hmm. so there was one like the bottom block and then she helped me get to the second block and it was just like all these things were just kind of placed and it wouldn't have I don't think been that way if I hadn't I don't know prayed as much maybe I don't know if I hadn't been listening or if I hadn't been paying attention but everything did just kind of fall into place like it was supposed to just like finding the lady that did my sonogram how many people can you go to just out of the blue that knew your whole family when they grew up and mm-hmm. was there to help and give me a place to, you to know, stay. to stay. Yeah, and Because we actually did look at that. It was like kind of like a girl's home or something in Hayes that they had. I don't even know if they still have it. But it was for mothers, and I can't even remember what it was called. One of my children's moms lived there. And. <laughs> But they flat out said, like, you can't have your phone, you can't have this, and it's two weeks that you have to just be, it's like, that's not going to work, because what if I have the baby in two weeks, you know? It's like, I have to be able to communicate with my mother, I have to be able to communicate with a birth father, I have to be able to communicate with my friend, I mean, and so that wasn't going to work. I mean, we didn't even end up going to look, because I think we made phone calls, and there was just no way that would have worked, but yeah, and when they came to the hospital, it just made everything even, it wasn't weird really, it was just, I don't know exactly how they felt, but it did give me a sense of peace, I guess, and everything, like I said, just kind of, it did kind of suck, I guess, to say, not very nice terms, but it wasn't the best to have the baby that, I mean, because then you have even more of a bond, you have, you know, and it was pretty hard to go and take him on that day, and I mean, we can't even yeah. imagine, to be honest with you. And it was rough, but I knew that I had made that agreement. I knew. And it wasn't like I couldn't have raised my child. I know I could have done it. I helped raise my mom and dad's kids. You know, I was built-in babysitter for, you know, years. And it wasn't like I, I wasn't strong enough to do It was mostly because I put him first. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to have everything, you know, not just what I could give him, but everything and stability was the biggest thing because I didn't have that stability growing up mm-hmm. so that was a big thing that I wanted for him it's amazing yeah I mean I like how you mentioned that you had like peace I mean your relationship I mean that mm-hmm. carried you through it I mean mm-hmm. that's just for the most I mean it, yeah. it's always been I knew I mean it was it's kind of weird because when I saw their, like, saw their picture, it was like, okay, that's his parents. Aww. You know, like, he, he came through me, but he's, you know, he was meant to go to their house. Mm-hmm. And seeing how he is with them, even to this day, I mean, that was always supposed to be their child. Mm-hmm. So, that's how I feel, anyway. Um, 
How do you think he handles being adopted? I mean, do you help him through some of the, I heard, or I guess this wasn't on tape. We talked about you guys texting back mm-hmm. and forth. We, so. we have, you know, like he'll message or text me. Like before he actually had a phone, he would Facebook message me. We would talk mm-hmm. a little bit. But what really I think, I mean, I started going to see him when he was still a baby. So I've always gone and seen him. There was a period of time where I kind of had to fix myself after the relationship with the birth father just totally fell apart. And um, so that means I kind of lost, you know, my boyfriend and my baby. And it was kind of like I did a lot of, I put a lot of blame on the birth father too. And that could have been why everything didn't work out, but he also cheated. I mean, that's the whole thing is I had immature girl, like when I was pregnant and I was in my little apartment hiding, I had all kinds of girls calling me and telling me to leave the birth father alone. And they came into my work and tried to get me fired. I mean, it, it was just all this drama. And I knew that's not what I wanted my child around. And so when all of it was gone and all, I mean, it, the, I think it was probably two years after we were probably, he probably two, two or three, I kind of quit going for a few years until I met my husband and kind of got put back together and kind of dealt with some things. But he's always known who I am. And I've written, like, I even wrote him a letter when I have that, too, that I wrote when I, and see, I had a different name when he was born. So they got to change, you know. Oh, yeah. They they told me, too, that they were, you know, going to do that, and they didn't, um want to hurt my feelings or anything like that and right. you know all kinds of stuff and um I actually wrote that while he was on my lap and I had tears you know just that's what oh. I remember is just crying and crying you know and mm-hmm. I all I did probably for, I couldn't even wear my contacts you know that whole week because I cried all the time mm-hmm. but he I've written him letters and different things so he's always known who I am, and I think he's got such great parents that I think they've explained to him, you know, every part of it and why and how. And so, if he's ever had questions, I've answered them. Mm-hmm. If he's ever, I'm sure that they've probably answered even more. So, we've never actually talked about that part of it, I guess, but um. I don't know. I guess if there was ever a problem where he didn't understand something, I know he would ask. So I think he's he's good. I know this is a gift for him to have because I've had a couple of my kids and uh, uh, a couple of them hardly ever open Mm -hmm. the things that they have and but a couple of them. I think too when you get, yeah, and when you get to a certain point or an age, I think when there is questions or whatever, I think it's good for them to have something. Sometimes, too, though, it might not be easy for the birth mom, too. You know, you never know what led to that choice, I guess. So it, each person is kind of, you know, oh, has yeah. their own route. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. How, um, how do you... I'm going off of not our questions. Okay. But, um, how is the relationship between your kids that you have now and him? I'm not, I mean, 
my oldest Izzy, I think she's starting more to understand what that means. But I don't think they really figured out that I had, you know, they know he came from my tummy and they know, you know, that we've kind of gone that route with it. But, and they do call him their big brother and they do, you know, and like I said, we've gone, I mean, I've got pictures from almost, let's see. I mean, we've tried going, if it wasn't to their house, we would go to like soccer games or basketball games and stuff like that. We've tried to make it at least once or twice a year, now for sure once a year. Mm-hmm. And so, especially with my kids too, and even Sandra, the bir- or the mom, she's told me just if they have questions, just be honest. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, I think as long as you're open and honest and it's not, you know, a big secret. Oh. And, well, and see, yeah. that's different than mine because mm-hmm. I have closed captions, mm-hmm. and I don't know a lot of the answers. Mm-hmm. Like, I and so sometimes it, it gets really hard for my boys, and I'm like, guys, it's not that I'm trying to keep it yeah. from you. I'm really not, but a lot of it, I simply don't know. I and I that's why I think open is to me so much better because even before I had him, we had to fill out or paperwork that you know you basically had your expectations and like what you wanted out of the relationship very first thing was open or closed so you know when it was open what kind of open relationship do you want and you're able to and I I wanted everything I wanted to make sure you know I want pictures and my gosh I've got five big photo albums from all the pictures I got and all kinds of things. And to me, I think always open, if there was ever a choice, would be the way to go. And yeah. it, that's how I work. I mean, it just yeah. for the kids, I think it's so much better. Okay. Even my kids, too, you know, because otherwise, because like I said, I told you guys before we started taping, I'm like second generation, you know, like there was family on both sides, my mom and my dad, who each had children before they were married and did adoption and then they placed their kids and then they kind of just at that time I don't think there was any other choice it had to be that way and these kids come you know later on when they're 18 or trying to find you know answers to questions and they kind of show up and we've had you know and it's like hi where have you been you know and they've had it's just I don't know that's just me I would just say it's easier open and like it it makes for your kids too and your relationship even with my husband to have you know open and answers and he can know the whole story and mm-hmm. there isn't any secrets so well, I think it brings up a lot of conversations that you wouldn't have if it was closed and just put off in the closet mm-hmm. about. I mean I've seen several of my kids work through a lot of things just because mm-hmm. and it's just common mm-hmm. common knowledge everybody knew they're adopted and and we acknowledge our biological or birth family's feelings. And we, when they're going through things, we make them mm-hmm. work through it. Because yeah. my um, oldest daughter, when her um, birth mom uh, became pregnant with her brother, that was really, really hard on her. Yeah. And But the nice thing was uh, her mom and I could work through it with her. Yeah. On, on and both you could ends. talk on both. Yeah. Because yeah. then, because her birth mom was scared to death that she was going to be angry and, mm-hmm. and not want to see her anymore. I mean, but 
luckily the three of us could yeah figure it out. And when I got married and everything, my Braden and his family they got they got to come. We've got pictures of that too, and that was really special from my wedding. And they um yeah they got to share in all my big stuff you know after, and it was almost let's see I got married in like I said. 2012, so he was 11, probably. So really he was old enough to see. It took me this long to get my life figured out. Oh, so see, hard. you know, yeah. there's a lot of things that I had to get through and work through. And Yeah, your decision was not light, mm -mm. which is hard for them to understand, yeah. especially when they're... Well, and it's hard for other people to understand. They think you're... And like, I hate... And I've always hated the lingo, like you gave your, you gave your baby away, you gave, and it's like, no, I placed him, and I made that choice, it was, you know, and there's a lot of people, especially if they've had children, how could you have done that, and it's like, I had to, you have to put somebody above yourself, and I've said this, I don't know how many times, but kids don't ask to be brought into the world, and it's our job, you know, as parents, to make sure that they have everything that they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. So, well, and, no. and that's what you did. I'm so sorry. And that's what you did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You gave him everything that you knew you couldn't. Yeah. And I mean, I that I think that is beautiful. Thank it you. Is. And that I know that had to be the hardest decision of your life. But and there, it's still like you can still feel the feelings. But it, instead of like putting them away, I I try to work through them and I try to feel. And you know, we talked about like. Brave Love and these different groups, they weren't around 20 years ago when I did that. I was all by myself, and it was just like I had the baby, and I was just supposed to go back to normal. And I was supposed to go and just live my life, and that's not what ended up happening. I had a lot of things that, you know, my whole life drastically changed. It went on a completely different, like it was on a different planet <laughs> from where I was going to oh, go yes. yeah. so it, it's a very big decision that changes your whole trajectory through life mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I, I completely believe that and I and I think the choice of having an open adoption though not only placing your child but having the open adoption allows everybody to heal a little bit yeah and they gave me the space because like at first all I did was want to see him. I wanted to be there. I wanted, you know, like whenever they'd let me, I would come and see him. And they were very, very good to me. And they did let me do that. But then I realized I wasn't working through what I needed to work through. And I'm no, I'm not a professional by any means. And this is just me going through life as best I can. But it took me, you know... I had to step away a little bit and I had to go fix myself and it got ugly. I mean, it was mm -hmm. really ugly to try to go through everything I did and I got to the bottom of the bottom you can get and um, I drug myself back up. So, yeah. and you did it well. Thanks. Yes. I tried. But. Absolutely. I'll let you know. ask that. I think we, I mean, did you? I okay. think we covered a lot. What is the, something hard that you didn't expect? adoption process um the biggest thing is when you have your next child if you choose to do something like that um it got and that's just nine years ago my daughter just turned nine and like I said I could not 
wrap my head around this little person. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was in my thirties. It wasn't like I was, you know, but I, it took me back to when I was 18, 19 going through that before. And I couldn't get her like she, (laughs) we had a whole nursery set up for her. She was supposed to have her own room. But as soon as like, if she made any peep other than a smile, I, I was like, no, no. And I couldn't let anybody, it was hard for me to let other people hold her. It was hard. And that might just be new mom too, but for me, it was more, I think, like going through reliving a lot of what I'd gone through before. And um, it there was a lot, and there was times I just sat all day and cried. And I mean, I fed her and I took care of her. She was never neglected, but I do think there was a lot of me working through a lot of that again when I went and had her. So... Mm-hmm. And it was a completely different birth. I thought literally I was going to die with Brayden. It was just like, whoop, there he is with with Izzy. I I remember looking at my husband at one point and like, I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> but um, and I'm like, this wasn't like this last time, you know. <laughs> and it, you know, there was quite a bit of age difference in there, you know. So and then what was really weird too is I'd had. Braden, you know, and he was like 21, I think, when I had my la- my my last daughter. It's like, how many people can say they have this big of an age span between their That's kids? True. I was like, and my pregnancy wasn't that bad with Millie, but it was like, I can still remember how easy it was. I was sick all the time with Braden, and I don't know if that was because he was a boy or, but I thought Millie for sure was going to be a boy too because I was so sick all the time but yeah it's just weird the different and I always everything I do I compare to you know right. the, what going through that and having um Braden especially with pregnancies so yeah that would be like one of the big things I didn't think and also too you have that long period of time before your baby's born and you know the entire time you're going to place that child mm-hmm. with somebody else but it's still it was it's it's rough like and it is very hard to you it's like missing a limb like mm-hmm. you don't you you constantly like looking for things to fill that or at least I was because I was, it was like I was, I had all this instinct and mothering and I didn't know what to do with it. And it was weird, but, um, I find I got, I always tell everybody when I got my dog, Gus, who just passed away, let's see, I think it was 2021 too, or 2020 maybe, I don't know. But, um, I'd had, I'd gotten him, I think 2004, so his brain was three. And once I finally got that little <laughs> and I literally like I would get up in the middle of the night and I would do all these different things with this dog and I was like finally kind of a, there was a little bit of peace because I had my my baby and he was the best dog but yeah it was so funny and it did it it really helped me a lot when I got Gus but that's something and a whole nother podcast, probably. <laughs> I understand. All right, so we talked about the negative. What is something positive um, about adoption? Getting yeah. to see him thrive. 
getting to see him do everything that he was really good at soccer and he, like he got a, like his senior pictures, he got this really cool car and I, cars were never my thing. I didn't, you know, like I had to wait until I was 18 to get my first car because I had to buy it myself and, you know, his dad, I think, worked at a dealership too, so don't be mad at me for sharing that, but his car was really cool and just like all the things he got to experience and do and he actually had a really big family. I mean, he's got ginormous family and so many cousins and mm -hmm. just a lot that he gets that he wouldn't have had probably at that time with me. What do you think? Um, I was just going to have you ask the next question. Oh, okay. What, and you've covered this a little bit, but what do you think you would share with a, a birth mom that's considering adoption? I think if you are already on that path, people, there's such a stigma, like you're giving up or you are, you know, this is the easy way out. If you are thinking about it, that's obviously, I think, your first inclination to do it. And no one should make you change your mind about it. No one should make you feel guilty about it. No one should make, like, I don't know how many people um, after the fact that found out because I had, my mom comes, there was eight altogether in her family, eight siblings. And that side of our family is very close. I had a couple, I had an uncle and I had an aunt that both said we would have adopted. And it's like, that's not, you know, that's not what I wanted. And that's not, there. people just can't wrap their heads around, you know, that type of choice. And if I would be able to give anybody advice, it's that if you're thinking about it, that's probably your best choice because there's a reason that led you down that road. Mm -hmm. And that means you are thinking of, usually it's, you're thinking of your child. You want what's best for your child. Um, and I still go back to that. Kids don't ask to get brought into this world. So you should always, and I'm not saying that there are people that are 18 or however old that, you know, if you've got a good um, support system, you've got a good foundation, you could very well easily do it and finish school and you can go and do these things. But me in a little tiny apartment at the time, all by myself with stupid girls calling me and being horrible and all this drama, you know, I knew that at that time, like I said, stability and things that I wasn't able to give him. And um, ultimately, yeah, like I said, just if that's the road you're looking at, there's probably a reason and that's probably the best way to go. I think one of the hardest things as an adoptive mom um, is knowing that something horrible had to happen for my kids to have come to me. Mm -hmm. um, because mine was closed, so there are more different situations than yeah. yours. And um, I did the foster to adopt. <clears throat> so they had been in foster care and different things. And, and but, but no matter what, the bond between the mother and the babies coming, whether it's open, closed, whatever, um, we know that this is hard on these adoptees. Oh, and um, I, I'm seeing more beauty in the open adoptions because mm -hmm. um, there are lots of questions that are unanswered in the closed. And 
there's nothing I can do exactly. except for try to love them through it and guide them the best I can, mm-hmm. and which is what we're all doing as parents. Yeah. I mean, whether I whether it was my adopted or my biological children, I have two biological and three adopted. So we kind of have the Heinz 57 mix. There you go. And um, and all of hers are adopted. So what, no matter what it is, all we want to do is is care for their heart and lead them to Jesus. And that's mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. That makes yeah. That's. That's that was a big thing too that I I wanted them to be Catholic and <laughs> I wanted them to have like the same you know kind of belief you know it was just one of the things I that said that mm-hmm. about God so yeah that made me think of all that and I remember pictures from his first communion and all of that stuff that I got to see from afar I did get to go to his baptism and actually the birth father went with me to that too and that was the last. And I think Braden was three months old, and that was the last time the birth father and I were together for anything for him. Mm-hmm. So I do know that he does have, I think, a relationship with his birth father now. I don't know if that's why maybe when he was asking questions when he was nine or ten, and maybe that's how they got back into the picture, but I do know him and his family now are somewhat involved I don't know how much and mm-hmm. I've never asked but um I know for graduation he got to go to the day before party and I actually got to go to the graduation and the party afterwards oh. with family so I don't know how like if that was split because he was uncomfortable or to, at this point for me it's like I'm married I'm you know we're all happy everybody's where they're supposed yes. to be so I'm hoping they weren't, like, nervous I was going to cause a scene or something. And that probably has nothing to do with me. It's just how it was. But I don't know. What's another funny aspect? I probably should have just kept quiet, but, you know. Um, and I think we, I can't remember if it was before or after we started filming. But um, how, how have you helped um, him, your child get used to the whole idea of being adopted and your relationship and how, I mean, are there anything specific that you feel like you've done? I think um, just being involved and being there if he has questions. Um, like I wrote letters um, when he was first born and I think I wrote another one maybe when he turned, like, I can't remember um, how old. I want to say maybe 10. And then... Um, yeah, I mean, just being involved, and we text, and I think he knows if I have, or if he has any questions or anything like that, and I actually told him and um, his mom that I was coming to do this, and to tell the, you know, they can't wait to see it and hear it, and so they think that's pretty cool. Um, what does he call you? Emily. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Because I think I would be kind of uncomfortable either way, too. Just because, like I said, for me, I don't I don't want to step on their toes mm-hmm. to meet their first for me, like, like Braden is. It's like Braden and then his parents. And I think if I was anywhere on that spectrum, it would be below them. And I try to put all of that and how their feelings are. Because I think for me, you know, I could tell when they came to the hospital and then, you know, I ended up having to keep the baby for a full week. I, I can't imagine how scared and how, you know, how 
I just, I can't even imagine. And they've since adopted another little girl, and she's actually probably a freshman in college now, so not little girl anymore, but um, they've, yeah, I think she actually, um, they tried to conceive, and she had a miscarriage pretty late, and that was really hard, and Brayden had a lot of questions, and she would message me and tell me, and that's kind of when I started going back, because we need, they kind of like, we need you to come back and help us kind of, not necessarily through that, but he just, I think, was missing that, maybe, um, that connection. So, because it was probably hard for all of them to lose that baby, and mm -hmm. I think that's the main reason I kind of just like, okay, pull, pull yourself together. We can do this again and get back. And that was probably 2009, I would say. Mm -hmm. So there was a good little gap there, probably, that I kind of went and off the rails, and then I kind of came back. Yeah. So. Which is the nice thing, as he was young enough not to mm -hmm. really. And I'm always amazed, um, and it's an aspect that I didn't expect in adoption, is watching my kids interact with their biological parents, mm -hmm. um, and particularly the mothers, because I'm just like, oh my God. I mean, they're like, you can tell that they're mother and it's son. It's funny sometimes Sandra will send me pictures that she can't, like, she'll take while I'm there that I had no idea she was taking. And those are always really special too because I don't think about the, you know, you don't think about that type of thing. And, and it is different too once you have your kids after, I think. And there, again, you have to work through or find a way to work through all that. And I really wish when I had been going through it all, there had been somebody to kind of guide me a little bit and maybe I wouldn't have gone off, you know, and had those issues and that I did have somebody work through it with you and to kind of talk to you about it instead of, you know, the things that I did, but it all happens for a reason, so. All right, um, is there anything that you think that you would have changed about your adoption story? Not to waste time on the dumb boy that got me in the situation to begin with. <laughs> I wish I would have, you know, but that was that last little piece that I was hanging on to. And I thought, oh, you know, I don't have my baby, so I'm just going to do everything I can and put everything I can into this relationship. Mm -hmm. Even though it was already probably done way before. And he was probably working through his own things. Oh. and But he was really awful to me. And it was really hard and that was I mean it messed that all I mean it messed me up for a long time because like I said that was I moved to Kansas City um I couldn't even stay in the town that I grew up in because I couldn't see him and all like these girls are just terrible <laughs> and I'm not saying I could have stood up I could have done something about it probably but I was still kind of not necessarily ashamed but nobody understood the choice I made nobody everybody's kind of like yeah she couldn't do it so what's wrong with her and like put it all you know like put it all on me I felt like and so and plus we didn't want a lot of people still at that time to know even though there was rumors and all kinds of things but um even yeah that's a whole nother thing well, like but. you said once you've given birth you have motherly instincts and so when you're in that frame of mind you're in a completely different yeah. place than the rest of those and I, was, I think I was angry too because I didn't have my baby I didn't have 
you know, I, I had to work. And like I said, it took a long time to get through that. I didn't know what I was, you know, feeling or why I was having these feelings. And, um, like I said, that is one thing that I wish I could have just like, okay, he's done. Let's move on and let's just try to be better. And, you know, and, but it all happens like it's supposed to, I guess. And I probably got down and that's how I met my husband because I got, somehow on that road yeah, to get where I am yep. so right yeah and there's things are so much more open now I think if they we know so much about hormones after birth I mean there's just so many more things that we the know. one thing that was really kind of messed up <laughs> and I'm just now thinking of this and I don't know that appropriate but the doctor that I had literally was like okay we don't want this to happen again so here's birth control pills and you know, I didn't even, had never even been to a gynecologist before I was pregnant. You know, I'd never had any, I, and I didn't need any of that stuff, but she was so afraid that I was going to go out and get knocked up again, I guess. And, um, I don't think she meant any harm by it or by any means, but I just find that just kind of insensitive because that was like the last thing really. I mean, I was thinking thinking about honestly and um yeah so I just remember I can still remember the, the pill pack and what it looked like and you go take those and you can't miss a day because we don't want this to happen again it's like you think I meant for this yeah. to happen in the first place like mm-hmm. and if it makes you feel any better I think they say that to any young moms Probably. Not even just they, they still ask a little bit now and I'm just like I do an NFP so I know what's going on. Right. Which is crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Our last question. If you had a piece of advice or more than one um, for adoptive families, what would that be? Be open and just if you are able to talk and you are able to share and you are able to just like how we go and we see, you know, them and we just make it it's kind of usually around Braden's birthday now and we have birthday cake and we just all sit around and just talk for a while and I think the best thing to be is just as open and honest as you, as you can so uh, yeah and I think that's excellent advice. I think so too and I think the more you guys are open with each other as far as biological mm-hmm. and, and adoptive families then the adoptees see that and Hopefully, they're more likely to be the same way and be able to ask the hard questions and share the hard emotions. Yeah, and even, I mean, like my kids up for a close adoption, they ask the hard questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't really think of the yeah. best answers. That would be hard. I've got a little bit of leeway, but not not much. And mm-hmm. so that, that is hard, but yeah. um, it's still... Just like what you guys is, is they're all beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's it a is. beautiful thing, and it's. I mean, I see. I say it's beautiful. I know it's hard. I mean, like literally, I know it's hard. We have so much trauma in our families and and different things like that. And it is that. that is one thing that I heard about. You know, especially for birth moms, it is a trauma. I mean, and oh, yes. I don't think anybody ever put that in perspective for me. And again, like having my daughter when I did and. 2013 there was you know that 12 years difference but it it's almost like PTSD I was like 
reliving all of that and going back to that. And I felt all those emotions and it just came out all over this new little tiny baby that I had. And, you know, it's something, and that is something, you know, everybody should be able to talk about it and we should be, it shouldn't have such a stigma on it. And you're not giving up any, you know, like you're doing what's best for that child and for yourself ultimately usually because I can't imagine I mean I could like I said I could have done it but I would be in a completely different place I would be a completely different person than I am now and he would have a di- I mean it's just how it's supposed to be I think yeah, if you listen to the father and he tells you to do something mm-hmm. that's best to follow absolutely so. my boys asked me um do you ever regret getting this because I got um Two-year-old twins and a three-year-old um, at one time. At one time. Oh, wow. Like, I went from two to five. Boom, overnight. And I say, absolutely. And they're like, what? And I go, on the same days that my older kids, I regret. When I'm a crappy parent, when I'm mean, when I'm cranky, when I'm ugly, and and treating you guys terrible because I've had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I regret it. But pretty much that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we all have those parenting days. But it's hard. wouldn't it trade anything yeah. in the world? So. Yeah. Well, I, that's the end I of think our list. That's the end of our questions. And I, I cannot tell you how much we appreciate oh, you coming. I'm so glad to be able to come, and it, it's been pretty cool for me. And it's good to talk about it, and it's good to be open about it. And more people need to, I think, understand because. The big thing is, is like books and media and, you know, movies and all of that. They never depict it the way that it should be. And it's usually, you know, how they say they, you know, gave up or they, you know, the wording is always wrong. And it's simple thing like placing instead of giving up or giving away. That just, I mean, there's just such a stigma to it all, and it does need to be talked about. So I'm glad that I can share a little bit and see where it goes. Well, we are thrilled, thrilled that you're here. Thanks. And just for the record, when you hear us say wrong words, you're welcome to message us. Please. We're not trying to offend anybody. Our job is not to cause more problems. It's to help people, encourage people, and bring families together because that's, I mean... Yeah, adoption brought us together. Right. Um, well, we so. adopted our oldest was about the time that you placed, mm-hmm. and yeah, open adoption or semi-open adoption was a thing, but that was it. They yeah. explained it to you, and then they're like, "Have fun right. with that." There you go. Yeah, bye. Yeah. And we want to be here to help people understand. And that's a good yeah. thing because I didn't have any of that, you know, twenty years ago, and it. It gets dark if you don't have help and you don't have somebody to kind of, that's kind of gone through it before mm-hmm. that can tell you you'll be okay. Yeah. You, it, it's rough and it hurts just as much. You know, I got teary eyed listening to a song on the way here. You know, it's there's gonna be good days and there's gonna be bad bad days, but ultimately you'll ultimately you end up with more good than bad. So, yeah. Well, I think we're gonna pray. Uh-huh. And then we will end our podcast. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Emily. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Father God, we just thank you for how wonderful you are. And I just thank you for this time that we got to uh, tell, uh, talk to Emily and learn more about her and, and her family. 
And I just pray that you will just continue to bless them in their relationships together. And Lord, um, those families that we're working with and that we're helping them um, find babies and the families that we're working with that are, are struggling with the trauma and the, the struggles with adoption, Lord, we just pray that you will just um, support them, encourage them, and let them know that um, there's nothing that they can handle or nothing that can be handled without you. You can help us through anything, Lord, and we love you, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Christian Adoption Coaching Podcast. Come join us at Christian Adoption Coaching Community at www.christianadoption-coaching.com. That's christianadoption-coaching.com. And visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Have a blessed day.